purchases, the other would extend the background check period to 20 days. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Allen Root. Are you among the millions of Americans who feel uncertain when it comes to their health care? I'm happy to inform you there's a solution, and that solution is Liberty Health Share. Liberty Health Share is a community of like-minded people who work together to pay for their medical costs. There are no networks, so you decide your doctor and hospital. Liberty Health Share allows you to easily decide how, when, and where you will access health care. Because our rights come from God, not government. It could be the best practical, moral, and economical choice for you and your family. It was for me. I joined. I'm a member. My children are members. Starting at $107 a month for a single, up to $449 a month for a family. That's mom, dad, and all the kids for $449 per month. That's my cost, and I'm loving it. This is the way healthcare should be. For more information, call 855-58-LIBERTY. That's 855-58-LIBERTY. Or visit LightYourLiberty.com. That's LightYourLiberty.com. And regain control of your healthcare costs. Together, we're changing healthcare for good. The House is saying no to President Trump. Thirteen Republicans joined House Democrats in voting for a bill that would block his emergency declaration on the southern border. Texas Democrat Joaquin Castro. And so the president, rather than letting things be, decided that he would act unilaterally, unconstitutionally, by usurping the power of Congress. President Trump says he will veto the measure if it gets to his desk. Flooding and blizzard-like conditions in the Pacific Northwest with evacuations in many areas due to high water. In Grafton, California, Fire Chief Bill Bullard says drivers are having a tough time. While we were in the process of pulling him out, three teenagers drove in to Grayton Road from the west side and got stuck. Coastal Highway 101 near Brookings, Oregon has been closed due to soft ground and a sunken grade. In Eugene, Oregon, an Amtrak train was stuck for over 36 hours before being freed. This is USA Radio News. It's time once again for the KSHB Spring Marathon, happening March 7th, 8th, and 9th. As the temperature rises, so do the hot deals at KSHB. Tune into this three-day event and discover brand new radio shopping show businesses, pick up limited items, and shop from our huge clearance list. Join us for special Facebook live shows during the marathon and special giveaways. The KSHB Spring Marathon happening March 7th, 8th, and 9th on your home for the radio shopping show, KSHB AM 1400. One of the greatest moments for expectant mothers and fathers is getting to meet your baby for the first time. Let Baby's First Image introduce you to your little bundle of joy through a 3D or 4D HD ultrasound. Enjoy our spacious, relaxing ultrasound office with plenty of room for excited family members to share the experience with. Our techs have over 20 years of ultrasound experience and our high-tech imaging gives you an amazing first glimpse of your baby. Book your appointment today at babiesfirstimage.com. That's babiesfirstimage.com. At Nothing But Cakes, lingering is encouraged. When you step into Nothing But Cakes, the aroma of freshly baked bun will immediately lift your spirits. Choose from 10 luscious bun flavors and 40 unique cake designs. Then browse the treasure trove of -of one-of-a-kind gifts, charming cards, and inspired decorator items. The nostalgic decor, playful atmosphere, and friendly staff at Nothing But Cakes make the perfect backdrop to your quest for bun perfection. Find the four valley-wide locations to serve you at nothingbuntcakes.com. 
Hey shoppers, the businesses here on the Radio Shopping Show have shown you love with great deals they offer. Return that love by returning to our businesses without a certificate. They will appreciate it and so does AM1400 KSHP. Keep the receipt from any active Radio Shopping Show business. Write your name and shopper number on the receipt, bring that receipt to KSHP and drop it in our bowl. KSHP will draw receipts monthly for fantastic prizes. So get in on the winning by supporting the businesses that support AM1400 KSHP. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. Get ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub. With your host, Ian Rakelli, on KSHP AM 1400. Or stream the show live at KSHP.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian Rakelli. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I am your host, Ian Kelly. We got Ethan and Hello. we got Stevie here in the studio. Am I on? I can't hear myself. Am I on? There we go. Thank yeah, you. you are on. So <laughs> Ethan's here. Stevie is here as well. It has been a very entertaining week in the hockey world as I'm going to let this play in the background. The trade deadline is behind us. The trade deadline is behind us, but we are going to look forward. So... Mark Stone is officially a Vegas Golden Knight. Everyone knew that was going to happen. There, was, there wasn't there was anybody that said uh, it's not going to happen. That's the thing about the Vegas Golden Knights is that the day before, everyone assumed that Mark Stone was going to come here, and sure enough, he did. Well, uh, according to the locker room, a lot of people had already told Lindbergh that he was getting sent to Ottawa for Stone. Right, and William Carlson was the one who told him yeah. during the practice. Yeah, that... that how- I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Was that a good move for the Vegas Golden Knights to have a player tell Lindbergh, hey, you're getting traded? I don't know if it was a good move because the fact of the matter is, is what does that do to a player's mentality to have somebody that you would call a teammate, maybe a friend, even a friend maybe even a brother, and say, hey, uh, we love you, but you're getting shipped off? Because here's, uh, here's the thing about that deal is that People who interviewed Carlson, he was he was wasn't happy about it. He wasn't no. happy that he had to tell Lindbergh, "Hey, you're getting traded." No, why why would because, he have to tell him though? He could have just kept it to himself. Because for the people who were at City National yesterday, Carlson and Lindbergh were on the ice when the news broke. Right, which was very interesting because you see everyone on their phone looking at the deal, and then you look up and there's Lindbergh skating with yeah. a Golden Knights jersey on. That, so that's I don't like the way that was done. That has to affect his mentality, but it didn't show tonight because he scored he the scor- first goal for Ottawa. He scored a goal in his first game for against Ottawa. Washington, even though the they Capitals seven won two. seven two. And then Eric Brandstrom. I know a lot of people loved Brandstrom, the brand wagon. But I think this was a great deal for the Vegas Golden Knights. Do you agree with me on that? Absolutely. I I feel like Ottawa is getting a very very good player. 
in Brandstrom. He so, was the w- number two prospect for the Vegas Golden Knights? Correct. He was number two. So they're getting a number two a draft pick. I think it's a very good pick and a very good deal. And we're getting such a good player in return. Right, 60 points, five out of his last six seasons in the NHL. Exactly. I'm I'm very happy with this whole trade. Now, the contract, eight yes. years, $76 million. He's he, a great he landed. He landed here in Vegas and immediately signed an eight-year deal. Right. And actually, if you watch the uh, live video of him landing in Vegas, he had the showgirls behind him. He yep. had the cheerleaders. It was all Vegas. Yep, yep. I mean, if you're going to arrive here in Vegas with an eight-year, $76 million deal, you're going to go out in style. Yeah, exactly. He arrived in style, and he was living happy. He is living happy. He's making, what, nine, nine, nine a year? He's making $9.5 million a season. I want that money. I want that money, too. Steve, you <laughs> want that money, right? I'll take the point five. <laughs> <laughs> in cents or dollars? <laughs> in, uh, in dollars. I... <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, it works for both sides because the back end of this, the, the last four years, is going to be very cap-friendly for the Knights because the cap's going to go up by then and they'll, be, they'll still be able to acquire talent to, you know, for, for Stone to be playing with. So it works for both people. He gets paid up front and the Knights have a very cap-friendly deal on the back end. Do we know how much it's going up uh, every year? Because it's going... What are they at now? They're at 80... It's eighty-one million right now. So next season they'll go about eighty-five. I don't. I don't think they know. Uh, Bill Foley was on uh, Brian's show uh, this afternoon, and there is a new TV contract coming up. There may be a holdout, so we'll have to see how that plays into things. But uh, I, I don't think that they know yet. But it will go up. Okay. It yes, it will go up there. Also, Brian Blessing, uh, noon the two here on KSHP fourteen hundred AM. Just going to give a quick shout out to that. Now. The only thing about this Mark Stone deal that I want to talk about is William Carlson, restricted free agent. How did this deal affect Carlson this upcoming summer? Is he going to want more money now because they gave Stone this deal, Steve? I don't. I don't think. I don't think this deal has any effect on what he wants. Um, he's played better lately. He better keep that up because the way he played the first half of the season or more uh, brought his value down. I would say going into this year, you're looking at an $8 million a year player. I think he, the first half of this year, he played himself down to six and a half, maybe six. So he's, he's got more electricity in his game here lately. If he can keep that up, I, I think that uh, McPhee always kind of had in his mind to get him, you know, six or seven years for $7 million a year. I think that's still possible. I, I don't think that he's going to get a Mark Stone number. I don't, I don't see Carlson at nine, nine and a half. Not nine and a half, but what about eight million for William Carlson? Or is that too much for him right now? I think it's too much for him right now. I think if he had gone out, so he had 43 last year. If he had done 35 to 40 this year, then we could talk about eight million a year. Well, he's I, only on an 18 goal. He only he only has eighteen goals right now. Right. He only has eighteen goals. His production has gone down from yeah. last year, but we kind of expected his production to go down. Right. We expected all the players' productions to go down. The thing about it, to, to me, guys, is that we're not seeing the same kind of game from. And again, lately Carlson has there, there's more electricity. It's it's more mm-hmm. the Carlson of last year. Marchessault is not there. 
He he does again. The the numbers for March or so are fine. The electricity of what was going on last year is not there. I'd like to see more of that. Pacioretty's numbers are fine. The electricity is not there, and Pacioretty's not not getting back on defense. He's not playing a two hundred foot game. So would you like to see him maybe go down a couple lines, maybe to the third and fourth line? I would love to see Pacioretty march matched up with Eakin. I would like to see Marchessault matched up with Statsny. I think Statsny could maybe help Marchessault get going, and then that would make Riley, Stone, and uh, Carlson your top line. I, I, I think that could I, – I would at least try that if I was a coach. I'm not going. He's, he's got his own way of doing things, and he knows more about hockey than I'll ever know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he, he's going to do what he's going to do. But that, those are the lines I'd like to see right now and see, if, see how that works. Right. Well, the thing with Mark Stone is that tonight he's on the second line. Now, will this change going forward? Because I know we all love the first line, Marcus Salt, Carlson, Smith. But when you're getting a guy who you're paying $9.5 million a year, isn't it expected to have him be on the first line on your roster? I would maybe see how well he does on the second line in tonight's game. Maybe after that, maybe keep him on the second line for a couple more games. But after that, if he is producing like he normally does, I would ship him up. I would ship him up to the first line and send maybe Marchesault down. Well, see, here's the thing about Marchesault. I would keep him and Carlson together. I would. But I, but I think if you swapped Smith and Stone, because here's the thing about Riley Smith is that his production's gone down too. His, he's not scoring as many goals as he did last year. His assists are around the same. But his goals are not where it was last year. Right. Uh, I. I agree. I. I don't. I would. I would rather keep Carlson, and Marchesault separated, just to see how it would work. Maybe send Carlson to the second line and have Marchi on the first. I. I don't know. I. I want Stone on the first line so badly. He would be such a great first liner. Now we're gonna move on to our next topic here on Vegas Sports Hub, KSHP, 1400 AM. And we're going to do this segment called Better or Worst Trade Deadline Edition. Okay. I'm going to name eight teams who that made some good deals at the deadline. I want to ask if those deals made this team better or they made this team worse moving forward. The first team I want to talk about is the Nashville Predators. Now, they got Wayne Simmons. They got Grunland. From Minnesota. Yes. But the thing is, is that does this make this team better overall? Is this a team that's going to be better now with Simmons on the roster? This is a very scary team now. With 19 games left, this is a this is a playoff threat team. Grunlin and Simmons are amazing players. They're very capable. They can score, and they can back check very well. So... If you're looking at a team in the playoffs, I would pay attention to Nashville. Steve. Yeah, I think it made Nashville better. The other thing about Simmons is he will help the power play. Not that their power play necessarily needs any help, but, I mean, that's even more firepower on their power play. Are they going to put Simmons on the first line on the power play? I think he would be second line. That would be my guess. That's what I would do. I, LaViolette has not called me, so I don't know. Now, the Winnipeg Jets is the next team I want to discuss Here's the thing about Winnipeg. They got Hendricks. They got Kevin Hayes. They got some very good talent at the deadline. But when you look at what they gave up, they gave up a very good prospect in Brendan Lemieux. They gave up a first-round pick in this upcoming draft. 
Does this make this team better moving forward, the Winnipeg Jets? I, I really like the Winnipeg Jets now. I I think Kevin Hayes coming over from the Rangers was a very good deal. But then he got hurt. He's hurt. Yeah, Kevin Hayes is hurt. I did so, not know that. <laughs> he got he hurt tonight? Yeah. Okay. Well, no. That's too bad. Yeah, la- yeah, tonight. Yeah, he got hurt tonight. Do we know I, what it is? Do we know how long he's it's out? It's a lower body injury. Okay. I, I'm suspecting maybe dislocated ankle, if Ooh. if that. Well, well, if that maybe something have, well, less. Well, if it is a dislocated ankle, I mean, he'll be out for a while. Right. right. But that is only just speculation. We'll have to read it later on well, NHL.com. When I look at the Winnipeg Jets and I look at their roster, they have a very talented roster, as it is right now. Then you add Hayes. And then you add Hendricks, who they only got for like a seventh-round pick, which is a very good deal. But when I look at the first-round pick that they gave up, the thing with the NHL draft, and we all know this, it can be a hit or miss. You could trade a first-round pick, and it could be a huge bust who never even plays a game in the NHL, or it could be a superstar. It's similar to MLB draft, where MLB draft, if you're in the first round, a player could not not even sign with you and not even play MLB and just be a minor league filler, or it could be an all-star. So that's just the thing with first-round picks. You never know what's going to happen when you trade that. And they traded it to New York Rangers to get Kevin Hayes. It's true. You never know. I, I, like, what the Rangers, I like what the Rangers did last year uh, at the trade deadline, acquiring picks. They're, they're, they want to rebuild this team, and they, and they pick up this first-round pick. Now, for the Jets, you, what, you have a known quantity in Hayes. You know what he is. You do not know. You could draft what you think is the best guy out there, and he may not turn into anything. We know what Hayes is. So, so they, I, I think you have to do that. And the other thing to consider is it's a first-round pick, yes, but it's the lower end of the first round. We, we, the Jets are going to go far in the playoffs, we would assume. Now, the St. Louis Blues, they made one minor trade, getting Michael Delzato from the Anaheim Ducks. But the thing with St. Louis is that they're trying to make the playoffs right now. They had that hot streak. We all know about it. But moving forward, should the St. Louis Blues done something at the trade deadline? Because the way I look at it, they are trying to be a playoff team, and I think they are a playoff team. But it just seems like those minor moves that they made, could it be not enough to get them in the playoffs? Uh, No, I think it'll get them in the playoffs. I feel like this little minor trade with Delzato is is a perfect perfect start get him into the playoffs get him maybe a first round out which would in St. Louis that's fine they're used to it so nothing to worry about but you know just take those auto what, what he was alone isn't he he's alone he's yeah he is going to be a rental they only gave up a 6 round pick to get him okay so the more than likely they won't they won't sign him to another deal so he'll just go as a UFA and then They'll just have a rebuild year, kind of like how Chicago's doing it. I'm really surprised by St. Louis this year. I I thought the offseason moves that they made, uh, Perron, O'Reilly, uh, Bozak, I thought those were guys that would not be good in the locker right, room. Right, because they're me guys. Yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't see this out of the Blues. I who's who's the general manager there? I'm blanking. Who, whoever it is, I, I wonder what he's doing. He he trades Statsny last year at the deadline. As they're headed to the playoffs. If he doesn't trade Statsny, I guarantee you they would have been in the playoffs last year. Then then he fires Mike Yao, who had this team in the playoffs with all the injuries they had last year. And now he's got a team that may go to the playoffs anyway, but he doesn't really add anything. Right. 
I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. That's why I don't know who this guy is. He's, yeah. he's bad. He, hopefully he won't be there much longer for the St. Louis fans. Yeah, Doug honestly. Armstrong. Okay, so, so Doug Armstrong, you get a big f from me. <laughs> well, you actually brought up a very good point with St. Louis, is that they got all of these me guys in the off season, And I didn't – at the first half of the season, we thought they were sellers. You heard about Tarasenko. You've heard about Petrangelo. You heard about all these players that were going to be traded. I think the Blues are going to are going to build their team around uh, around Tarasenko. I, I would think hope that's so. I think that's what they well, want to well, do. Well, they now. hope so. Yes. Now, another team I want to talk about cuz you mentioned them very briefly is your Chicago Blackhawks. My Chicago Blackhawks. Here's the thing about the Chicago Blackhawks is that they didn't really make any moves either. They made one or two small minor moves. They did but it they before the trade de trade deadline. Right. They got Watson and then they got um Well, they got the guy from Arizona a while back. That that was the biggest Dylan move. Dylan Strom. Yeah. Dylan yeah. Strom. Yes, that was the big move, but at the actual trade deadline, they, they did, didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. Is that going to affect Chicago? Cuz they still are in the playoff hunt technically. Yeah, they are. They're they're 4 points out of a playoff yes, out of a playoff spot. That don't count them out. Right. Do not count them out. Hey. I will tell you now. Do not count out my Chicago Blackhawks. Hey, Ethan, I'm I'm not counting them out. Here's what I'm it saying. It sounds like you are. Here's what I'm saying. They are four points out. Should have they done something at the deadline to get them in? Nope. Nope. They, they're perfectly fine right now. With all the tr trade moves that they made earlier in the season to get, to get Dylan Strom... Sending away Nick Schmaltz, I will say he was probably one of the dumbest ideas because he is such a good player, and he was he was a really good factor for the Blackhawks. But I see the Blackhawks making the push. I will see I see them in the wild card. I will I will guarantee you anything. Anything? They will, they will, I mean, anything. What do you want? Do you want Popeyes? <laughs> yeah, let's go now. All right. All right, let's, let's go. go right now. Let's you can go run to your own Popeyes chicken. Now, another team I want to talk about, these Canadian teams. Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, they didn't make any big moves. In fact, Toronto made one minor move. Calgary made one minor move. And Montreal made one minor move. Why did these Canadian teams stay put? Because here's the thing. Toronto and Calgary are playoff teams right now. That makes sense. Montreal is... They're on that tipping point with Montreal. So... When it comes to these three Canadian teams, should have they done something at the deadline? And moving forward, is that going to make their team worse, not doing anything at the deadline? I don't think Toronto needed to make a move. They're very well right now. They're in second place behind, what is it, Tampa Bay? They're behind Tampa. They are right behind Tampa right now. So, Boston is right behind them. Okay, so I don't... I, Toronto definitely didn't need to make a move. They're doing so well. As it is, they're going to be in the playoffs. Then so, Calgary is first right now in the Western Conference. They didn't need to make a move either. Calgary's playing very well. Well, I, they, well they did get Phantomburg from the Kings, but that was a minor. Right, move. exactly. So all these teams are just making minor trades. Nothing too major. Nothing like trading. You know, Toronto got Jake Muzzin from the Kings. I feel like that was the big trade that happened between those two teams. And then Montreal. Montreal, like I said, is on that tipping point where right. they're still battling for a playoff spot. So that surprised me that they are not going all in because they are the first wild card team right now. They made a minor trade too, right? They made a minor trade getting Jordan Wheel. 
okay. from from Arizona. Okay. Uh, I I see. I see Montreal not being in the playoffs. I I don't I see them losing the wild card spot and I don't see him in the playoffs. Now, we're going to move on to the one Canadian team that made the most moves throughout the entire trade deadline, a team that I think won the trade deadline. Uh, if we're looking 3 years down the line, I think we're going to say they won this trade deadline. I and don't that know. is the Ottawa Senators. They traded away three top players. But think about what they got for those three players. They got three top prospects. You got Brandstrom, and you got the two prospects in the Duchesne deal. You got two first-round picks, two second, uh, sorry, three second-round picks. You got two very good role players in Anthony Duclair and Oscar Lindbergh. I think the Ottawa Senators got a lot of value for what they got in this trade deadline. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, there's a team that's on your list that I see won the trade, but that... And we will, will get to them we very will. quickly. Um, Ottawa, I like the trades that they made. I like Anthony Duclair going to Ottawa. I didn't... I will be honest, I did not see that one going. Uh, that was for Dezingle, right? That's yeah, they got They got Dezingle for him. And then... For the Duchesne trade, they just got trades. Or draft picks, sorry. They got draft picks, two first-round picks. Right, which so... Which I will say real quick. I do like the fact that Ottawa traded away their first-round pick for Duchesne, which is probably going to be the first overall pick. Right. And then they got a first-round pick back in the Duchesne trade with Columbus. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I like all the trades that they make. I, I will give them credit for all that. I like that... Vegas gave up Oscar Lindbergh to Ottawa. I feel like he will be a very good key component to right. He'll be the a Ottawa good Senators. third, fourth line guy on Exactly. That Even, yeah, I would put him on the fourth line. I forget who's on the fourth line with them. It is, uh, oh, I'm blanking on I'm their also, names. I'm also I mean, we're all, yeah. I mean, I am <laughs> He's blanking He's definitely going to get well. an opportunity with Ottawa. I, you know, I go back to the Rangers. I think they did really well at the trade deadline last year. I don't think the Senators did quite that well. They They did well. I would give them a good, not a great. Um, the, for instance, in the in the uh, Mark Stone deal, uh, they wanted a they wanted Vegas's first round draft choice, and McPhee said, "No, I'll give you a second rounder," and they and they settled for that. So they 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 did good, um, not not great. The other thing to remember, guys, is that we we talk about the Blues, the Maple Leafs, uh, Calgary not doing deals. It doesn't mean they weren't trying to do deals. I know, in fact that uh, Calgary had a deal done for Simmons, and Simmons didn't want to go to Calgary. So, so, it doesn't, he, so, so it, then he went to Nashville. Right. So it doesn't mean that, that those teams who didn't do anything weren't trying to do something. They just couldn't get it done. So, so, keep, so keep that in mind. Now, the thing, but that's the thing with the Ottawa Senators, is that I just like what they're doing moving forward. Because they're a rebuilding team. We all know they are. So the fact that they got two first-round picks and three second round picks is very good for them and then three top prospects is going to help them out now the team that we were going to mention is a team that Ethan said he thinks is the winner of the trade deadline I do I I really like this team it's I like that they were able to trade with Ottawa and it's the Columbus Blue Jackets I absolutely love the Columbus Blue Jackets and all the trades that they were able to make especially with the acquisition 
of Duchesne. Duchesne is such a big part. And the fact that he's on the first line, he's on the first line now with Panarin and... Uh, Folingo? No, Felino's on the third Felino. line. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm blanking on the Atkinson? last guy. Atkinson? It is Atkinson. Thank you, guys. So it's Atkinson, Panarin, and Duchesne. So that's a scary line. It is. That is a very scary line. Well, here's the thing about Columbus. They got four players at the deadline, but all of them are going to help them out. You got Adam McQuaid, who used to be a Boston Bruin. You have Keith Kincaid, who is going to be a very good backup so in Columbus. I think he's going to take over Bobrovsky's spot at, in next season. He's oh, I, gonna, I agree. But I will say I think Kincaid will be the backup to Corpusalo. Corpusalo will be the starter next season, without a doubt. Corpusalo is an amazing. Is it goaltender. finally his time to be the starter? I, I think it should be. It, if if it's not Corpusalo starting, I think the Blue Jackets are going to go downhill. Well, well, it it could be a one a two a kind of thing where where they split time and maybe. And, and 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 they each play around forty games. Well, I, I I think I think I agree with you. I think good 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 pickup to get Kincaid, uh, realizing you're you're going to lose Bobrovsky. And and to pick up some offense because th- they know that they're going to lose uh, Panarin. I will say I was surprised in that trade. I thought Kincaid would have gone to Columbus and New Jersey would have gotten Bobrovsky. I th- I thought they would have done that trade. I was shockingly well, wrong. The thing about Columbus is that everyone assumed that Panarin and Bobrovsky was going to get moved. Everyone, up to, up, yeah. every up to last week, everyone assumed this, but they didn't. They stayed put. They're still there. And I like the fact that Columbus, they gave up seven draft picks for these four trades. I mean, that's a lot of draft picks. But it could be worth it considering the fact that they're making a serious playoff push yes. right now. Yes, and that playoff push might end in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with all that. Again, they gave up a lot of draft picks, but if, if they do what I think they're going to do, uh, they'll, they'll be lower-end draft picks, right? And I, I think... They realized that they were going to lose Panarin and Bobrovsky. They knew that they weren't going to get full value for them at the trade deadline because they're going to be UFAs. So uh, instead of moving them and, and getting not what they're worth, why not, why not go for it now, add some players, and when, when they leave, you now have players on your roster that are good enough to make the playoffs again next year, even without Panarin and Bobrovsky. So... With Panarin and Bobrovsky being UFAs, and this is a question for both of you, or people on Twitter too, uh, do you think Columbus will put both of them as a healthy scratch, maybe one or two games for the remainder of the year, or do you think they will be in the lineup for the last 19 games? I believe that they will be in the lineup for the last 19 games. Because here's the thing about a healthy scratch, is that normally... The reasons why you do a healthy scratch is two reasons. Either one, because you want to save them going down the line, which they are one point behind Pittsburgh right now for the second wild card. Or when it comes to healthy scratches, mainly it would be because their performance isn't doing well. Kind of similar with Colin Miller. His performance hasn't done that well lately, so he's not. So he's been a scratch lately. Well, like you just said, they're one point away, but it's also to help them keep to help keep them healthy. So. Do you put them as a healthy scratch for the for a couple games to make sure that they are they're healthy enough to go forward into the playoffs? I say that if they are secured in the playoffs, they're a top three in their division. 
then I say go for it. But right now, they're battling with Pittsburgh. Let's remember, they also have the Capitals, the Islanders. You have all these teams that are close to them in points. I don't know if they're going to scratch those guys unless there is a secured spot towards the last couple of games in the season. I agree with Ian. He's going to play – Tortorella is going to play the best 19 until he's locked into a spot, and then he'll rest guys that he thinks need rest at that time. Now, this – that was our better or worse segment. And if you want to give us your opinion, you can on our social medias, at Vegas Sports Hub on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also you can check out our website, www.vegasportshub.com. Also want to give a shout-out to Faith Lutheran the high school hockey team here in Las Vegas, the first high school hockey team in Las Vegas. I saw them this past Saturday at the City National Arena, and they did very well, in my opinion. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in the future here in Las Vegas. When we come back on Vegas Sports Hub, we are going to get into baseball here on Vegas Sports Hub, KSHP 1400 AM. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. On May 15, 1946, a young Tommy Kolax introduced Los Angeles to a hamburger with gusto. Over 70 years later, Tommy's hamburgers are world famous for their chili and chili burgers. Tommy's also features chili cheese dogs, breakfast burritos, chili tamales, thick milkshakes, and chili cheese fries. Dine in or carry out at Tommy's three Las Vegas locations, Craig in the 95, Boulder Highway just north of Harmon, and St. Rose just west of Eastern. Find the shack and you'll be back at Tommy's Hamburgers. Since 1937, Krispy Kreme Donuts has been delighting its customers with their hot, fresh glazed goodness. Delicious donuts made fresh to order all day long. Enjoy a variety of incredible creations like their chocolate iced raspberry filled, strawberry iced with sprinkles, or the classic original glazed. Krispy Kreme is a great way to fundraise for your organization. Stop in and try one of their signature iced coffees or blended drinks. They go great with donuts. Be sure to check them out online at KrispyKreme.com. That's KrispyKreme.com. Taste the joy that is Krispy Kreme. At Gravity, we're proud to be Las Vegas' best-rated sports park. We bring the thrill of extreme aerial action off the screen and into reality with liberating physical experiences that are enjoyed by all ages, whether it's our stunt fall ninja warrior course, foam pits, launch pads, dunk basketball, or many other amazing attractions. Visit 7350 Prairie Falcon. That's 7350 Prairie Falcon. Or online at www.gravity.com. The biggest party in Las Vegas is brewing at the one and only German restaurant and beer hall, Hofbräuhaus Las Vegas. Beer, food, fun, and live entertainment every day of the week. Follow the leader and have your next night out at Hofbräuhaus Las Vegas, where it's Oktoberfest every day. For more information or to make your reservation, call 702-853-BEER or visit HofbräuhausLasVegas.com. We take pride in knowing how to party. Come to our house and experience it for yourself. Prost! The Sports Hub presents This Day in Sports History. 
In 2017, Daytona 500. Kurt Busch won after Kyle Larson ran out of gas on the final lap. Jeffrey Earnhardt made history as the first ever fourth generation driver to compete in the Daytona 500. In 1998, the sale of the New York Islanders was completed. In 1989, the New York Yankees announced that Tom Seaver was their new TV sportscaster. In 1987, Michael Jordan recorded 58 points in one game to make that a Chicago Bulls record. In 1981, 84 penalties, accumulating 406 penalty minutes between the Minnesota North Stars and the Boston Bruins. In 1967, Mario Andretti won his first and only NASCAR event. He was the only driver born outside of the United States to have ever won the Daytona 500. In 1935, New York Yankees released Babe Ruth, who later signed with the Boston Braves. This has been Sports Hub's This Day in Sports History. And we are back on Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I'm your host, Ian or Kelly. I got Ethan, and I got Steve here Hello. in the studio. Now, we're going to get into baseball right now, and the first topic I want to talk about. Well, I will take over the questions now. Ha, ha, ha. So, should spring training be shorter? Well, when I look at spring training, it's about a month and a half okay. before the regular season starts. How many games is that? It's that is around 30 games per team. Okay, so every team will play 30 games? That is correct. Okay. And the fact there is a 162-game regular season, and then if you play in the postseason, you can play up to uh, around 32 games. If you went the entire way, 5-7-7-7. Now, when I look at baseball, I think that spring training should be shorter for two reasons. First off, the fact that a lot of these players, they don't get paid to be at spring training. They get paid um, food money, right? And they get paid travel money and stuff like that. But they don't have their paychecks given to them until the regular season starts. I think that's a big reason for why it should be short because these guys want to get paid, obviously. I mean, you're there at spring training. It's a fun time in Arizona and Florida, but you want to get paid. I mean, do you agree with me on that? I completely agree. I would shorten. I, Well, I, 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 all the players want to get paid. That's just what they're in the sport for. Well, I shouldn't say that. They're in the sport because they love the sport. Well, they love the, the sport, money is but just the money is it. a good incentive to Yeah, play. yeah. Unless well, you're Bryce Harper for some reason. but Has he not signed with the team yet? He has not signed with anybody yet. And, so, the, and the fact that Nolan Arenado signed for $260 million and Manny Machado signed for $300 million, it just surprises me that all these contracts are getting paid now. Would there be a possibility that Bryce Harper just sits out the entire season? It is a possibility that he can sit out the entire year. Do I think he will do it? I say no. I don't think he is going to do that. When it comes from a money aspect, he would lose way more money sitting out than he would by being signed and playing parts of a season. I'll put it to the NFL, like Le'Veon Bell. He sat out an entire season. We know he's not going to get the money he was going to get last season. It's not going to happen. 
In fact, you know what? Le'Veon Bell should just start working at Dairy Queen. Go fill a job application. You'll make uh, eight seventy-five an hour. It's way better than the thirteen point seven five million you were going to make last season. Well, at least he, right? would been, he would have been making money no matter what. Even if he's out out the entire season, he could have gotten a side job and still made money. But he's living off of more money than any of us. Oh, that is so. true. He makes more money than most of us do in an entire lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> But when it comes to spring training, I do agree it should be shorter. I go to spring training. In fact, I went three years in a row. I met Hall of Famers. I met, I met certain players. But when it comes to spring training, it's a fun aspect for the fans. But when it comes to the players, they get injured. You can get fatigued very early on. There's also the fact that spring training isn't solid for certain players. They have split contracts for veterans, which means you can go to the minors if you have a horrible spring training. So there are some players who have a month and a half of awful baseball, and they're immediately in the minors, which isn't great for them. Well, I I will say I like the fact that it happens like that because it gives young guys an opportunity, maybe even guys, dare I say, Tim Tebow. I mean, if he plays well in spring training, he could be on the Mets' major roster. It has been reported that he will most likely start in AAA. This season for the New York Mets. And he's been doing that for a couple of years. For a couple of years. The fact he did not play for the Las Vegas 51s, now the Las Vegas Aviators, really did surprise me considering he was in the double-A system just last season while the Mets were the affiliate of the 51s, now the Athletics. Now, the next question, Ethan. Uh, Who are, in your opinion, who are the five best rotations heading into the 2019 MLB season? Well, when it comes to the rotations, there were a lot of starting pitchers that did get signed this offseason. There were some trades that happened. I'm going to start out with the Washington Nationals. You got Max Scherzer, who is a multi-time Cy Young winner and is a top three pitcher in all of baseball. He's 34 years old. He won 18 games last year, and we know he can win 20 games in a single season. Then you got Patrick Corbin who they signed from Arizona in the offseason. He was the top pitching uh, addition in the free agency market. His stats weren't that great in Arizona last year, but yet again, Arizona was kind of a hard team to have good statistics with last season. You got Steven Strasburg. Let's not forget that he was the number one overall pick just a decade ago in 2009. Now he's 30 years old. Wow, time flies. But... You know, he won 10 games last year. He wasn't at his best potential, but Steven Strasburg is a very good pitcher when you give him the amount of time that he deserves to be on the mound. You don't push him too much. You have veterans Annabelle Sanchez, and you have Joe Ross, who is a very good up-and-coming pitcher for Washington, so I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with the Nationals there. I'm going to also go with the Houston Astros, not because they won the World Series, uh, not this year, but the year before. 2017. But look at their rotation. Justin Verlander, multi-time Cy Young winner, has one of is married to one of the most hottest models of all time in Kate Upton. Are you allowed to say that on radio? You can say whatever you want on radio. <laughs> I don't. I don't think you can. But okay. But Justin Verlander, 16 wins last season, and he keeps getting better. If you look at his statistics from Houston all the way to Detroit, he has gotten better over time. You have Garrett Cole, who they traded for last offseason from Pittsburgh. He won 15 games last year, and he had a very good ERA below three. 
You have Colin McHuff, who is very solid. Brad Peacock, who, by the way, did very well. And yes, I know exactly what you're thinking. Even. <laughs> That's a funny last name. And then you got Josh James, who's 25 years old. He's very young, and he could make a very huge impact for the Houston Astros. And then they have a very good prospect who's a top 10 prospect in baseball in Forrest Whitley, who could be brought up this season. The next team I'm going to go with is a team that did win the World Series in 2018, and that was the Boston Red Sox. You got Chris Sale, who hasn't even hit 30 yet. He won. He was a very good pitcher last season with Chris Sale. He is a Cy Young winner. He When he came from Chicago to Boston, he was very reliable. You got David Price, who's at the back end of his career, but he can get you solid innings. Correct me if I'm wrong. Chris Sale is the one that ripped up the Chicago throwback jerseys, right? Correct. Yes, he was the one who ripped up the Chicago okay. throwback jerseys. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of him. Why would you do that to a really And cool as a Cubs fan, I enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> You have Rick Barcello, who was great in Detroit, and then he came over to Boston, still having good value. Nathan Eovaldi, the good story of 2018, pitching nine innings in a single World Series back in Game 3 when it was 18 innings. I applaud him there. And then you had Eduardo Rodriguez. Dennis Eckerly would not approve of him, when, with him being the Red Sox announcer. But when you look at his statistics, he can be very reliable. The New York Mets is another team that caught my eye. You have Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, Zach Wheeler, and Steven Matz, who all played for the Las Vegas 51s at one point. They are a very good trio. You know, you look at Matz, you look at Syndergaard, and you look at DeGrom. DeGrom was a Cy Young winner. Syndergaard is called four for a reason, not just because of his hair, but because of how hard he can throw the baseball. And then Steven Matz is a very reliable pitcher as well, and they have a very good veteran in Jason Vargas who has World Series experience. The New York Mets is a very good rotation. And then I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals, who is very young, but also is very deadly going into 2019. You have Carlos Martinez, who is one of the rising stars in baseball. He did very well at the age of 27. He And, you know, the fact that he is, once again, a rising star in baseball, he's going to make an impact. Then you got Miles Malakis, who had 18 wins last season. At the age of 30, he is entering his prime as of right now. He's going to be a very solid pitcher. You have the 23-year-old Jack Flaherty, who is a very good player in his own right. And then, when you also look at Adam Wainwright and Michael Waka, they are also very reliable as well. Wainwright, at the end of his career, Waka you know, at the age 27, about to start his prime. And I know you want to do it, so do it, even. Waka flock of flame. Exactly. So that is the five best rotations in baseball right now. I am not including <laughs> the Los Angeles Dodgers. Everyone probably thought I was going to go with them, but no. Kershaw has been shut down indefinitely, so that makes that invalid. Yeah, and, no, Clayton Kershaw should just find a new team. All right, and then the final question, Ethan. So we have players in the MLB that are basically the face of the franchise. You know, we have Jeter in, in the Yankee system. Uh, so, who are five players that will become the face of their franchise in 2019? Well, it's a good thing you asked that question because I'm going to go down to Toronto and I'm going to go with a 19-year-old named Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Yeah, that's correct. Vladimir Guerrero Sr. 
had a kid. And Laddie the big daddy. Yeah, and he is the number one prospect in all of baseball, ladies and gentlemen. And he is a real deal. Out there in AAA Buffalo, shout out to all my friends out there in WNY, Rise Up Sports, Buffalo, New York. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a real deal, and I think he will become the face of the franchise. Jose Batista is no longer there. Edwin Encarcion isn't there anymore. No, he's he's with Cleveland now, isn't he? Encarcion's still with Cleveland? He is still with Cleveland, but when I look at the Toronto Blue Jays, they need a new face, and why not have a 19-year-old who is the number one prospect in baseball? Second team I have is the Baltimore Orioles. May Machado left. Chris Davis is massively overpaid. Adam Jones left, and he's a free agent. So Jonathan Villar is a very good shortstop slash second baseman. And I think he can become the face of the Baltimore Orioles franchise. Third team I have is the Minnesota Twins. Joe Maurer finally retired. So they're going to need a new face. And to me, it goes down to two people. Eddie, Eddie Rosario, a very good center fielder. Or you got Jose Barrios, who's a very good starting pitcher. Well, I tried to narrow it down to those two, and I would go with Jose Barrios. He is a very solid up-and-coming rising star when it comes to starting pitching. And I think he will get the job done for the Minnesota Twins. The fourth team is the Miami Marlins. They got rid of Stanton, Yelich, Ozuna, and they got rid of Romuto. Do you think that was all Jeter's idea? Oh, it was. To get rid of all of them? And then give Stanton to the Yankees. Of course, Jeter made that happen I wouldn't be surprised. So they're going to need a new face. And not many people know who this guy is, but third baseman Brian Anderson. Most people... Ooh. Exactly my point. That's the problem with the Miami Marlins, is that most of their prospects are too young, and they're not going to make an impact right as right now. So Brian Anderson's 27 years old. He's starting to enter his prime. I think he would be a very solid face to have for the Miami Marlins. But yet again, they're in a horrible ballpark, so I don't really know how many people would go to their games. You don't you don't like Marlins Park? Yeah. No, I am not a fan of it. Really? Uh personally I'm not a fan of it due to the fact that they tore down the Orange Bowl to have Marlins Park be made. And the Orange Bowl was super iconic. And secondly, players have even said that the uh, surface of Marlins Park is or- is horrible. Players yeah. have said that. I like that little home run wall that they have. That's that's cool as well. And the fact that you have uh, cheerleaders and you have... Uh, well, cheerleaders all- suck. So. Well, cheerleaders suck, and then you have a swimming pool in the middle. But yeah, again... Well, there's that's all- Arizona. Yeah, Arizona has it as well. And soon will be Vegas. They will have it in their ballpark as well. Really? Yes, they Yikes. will. And then the final team I have is the Washington Nationals. Bryce Harper has left. All right? Everyone knows that he is either going to Philly or is going to the Dodgers at this point. So when I look at the Nationals, Juan Soto, 20 years old, he will be the face of the franchise for the next 10 years. Unless he pulls a Bryce Harper and leaves at age 26. But let's just assume he does not. Juan Soto sounds like Han Solo. Yeah, don't tell me the odds. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) But when it comes to Juan Soto, I do like his potential. He has a very nice... Uh, bat, he can hit, and he's a very good fielder as well in the outfield. So, to me, Juan Soto is a great player for the Washington Nationals. He should be the face of the franchise. Now, we are going to take one final break, and when we come back, we are going to discuss the NASCAR weekend that is coming up here in Las Vegas. Don't turn that dial. We'll be right back here on Vegas Sports Hub. Right now at IHOP, order any breakfast combo, and we'll sweeten the deal. With all-you-can-eat pancakes. So get out your all-you-can-eat silverware. Because these pancakes aren't gonna all-you-can-eat themselves. 
because pancakes don't do that. Get IHOP's all-you-can-eat pancakes with any breakfast combo. Or just get the all-you-can-eat pancakes for $4.99. What else you got going on today? STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. On May 15, 1946, a young Tommy Kolax introduced Los Angeles to a hamburger with gusto. Over 70 years later, Tommy's hamburgers are world famous for their chili and chili burgers. Tommy's also features chili cheese dogs, breakfast burritos, chili tamales, thick milkshakes, and chili cheese fries. Dine in or carry out at Tommy's three Las Vegas locations, Craig in the 95, Boulder Highway just north of Harmon, and St. Rose just west of Eastern. Find the shack and you'll be back at Tommy's Hamburgers. Since 1937, Krispy Kreme Donuts has been delighting its customers with their hot, fresh glazed goodness. Delicious donuts made fresh to order all day long. Enjoy a variety of incredible creations like their chocolate iced raspberry filled, strawberry iced with sprinkles, or the classic original glazed. Krispy Kreme is a great way to fundraise for your organization. Stop in and try one of their signature iced coffees or blended drinks. They go great with donuts. Be sure to check them out online at KrispyKreme.com. That's KrispyKreme.com. Taste the joy that is Krispy Kreme. And welcome back to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. I'm your host, Ian or Kelly, Ethan, and Steve here in the studio helping me out. Hello again. Now, when it comes to the NASCAR weekend, it is this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. It's now, like a whole week of NASCAR. It's a whole week of NASCAR, starting with Wednesday and Thursday at the Dirt Track, the World of Outlaws. Now, if you're a fan of dirt racing and you love watching uh, sprint cars go round and round for 40 laps on the dirt track like I do, it's a fun event. Darren Pittman, Donnie Schatz, a lot of legendary, very great drivers out in the World of Outlaw ranks. Now, and then you also have the K&N West that will be here on Thursday. Haley Deegan, 17 years old, is one of the rising stars in racing. I've actually met her. She's actually very nice. Now, when it comes to dirt racing, only question I have is, why is it becoming more popular to racing fans? Because lately, the past couple of years, dirt racing has become more popular. You got Dirt Vision, which is its own network that broadcasts plenty of dirt races around the world. You have NASCAR drivers who have transitioned over to dirt and stepped away from stock cars. Tony Stewart, Casey Kane, you have Rick, Rico Abreu. They have all moved over from NASCAR into dirt racing. And there are certain NASCAR drivers who do both. Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, just to name a few. The reason I think it has been become so, more, so popular now is because of that reason. You have main mainstream names that are doing dirt now. If you turn on to dirt the last five years, you wouldn't really know majority of them. If you're just a casual fan of racing, you wouldn't know a Donnie Schatz. You wouldn't know a Darren Pittman. But now, hey, Tony Stewart's there. Oh, wow, Casey Kane is there. 
Kyle Larson. These big NASCAR names are in the dirt track. The only NASCAR name I know is Jeff Gordon, and he and, retired. Like, and he what, retired in 2016. Oh, okay. So yes, that's your point there. <laughs> but when it comes to casual racing fans, I think that's why dirt racing has become so popular now. And then Thursday will be the ultimate sports fan fest. You will have the Holler Parade, which the Hollers will go down the Las Vegas Strip. It's actually a lot of fun. It's only like for five minutes, which is kind of a bummer. But watching the Hollers go around is actually pretty entertaining. And then you will have the Ultimate Fan Fest. You're going to have the NASCAR drivers making autograph appearances like Noah Gragson, Kurt Busch, Las Vegas locals. You're going to have the UFC. You have NHL, NASCAR at this Ultimate Sports Fan Fest from 3 to 6 at Fremont Street Experience. I recommend going there. But even if you're not a NASCAR fan, UFC is going to be here this weekend. So they're going to have people at this fan fest. The Vegas Golden Knights are going to have people there at this fan fest because they're going to be playing the Florida Panthers on Thursday. So it's a very fun experience. I think it's something that a lot of people are going to enjoy. Friday, you're going to have the NASCAR Truck Series at the Las Vegas Speedway. And you're going to have qualifying from noon to 1 p.m., you get to have an autograph session with all of the Camping World Truck Series drivers. So you get to meet all of them inside the Neon Garage if you have a pass. But that is a very fun experience for fans. Getting to meet the drivers personally, they get to give you autographs. It's a very fun experience, especially for the little kids who don't really get to meet uh, athletes, get to meet drivers as much as they would like to. Saturday is the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the second tier of NASCAR. And the reason why a lot of people like the this, this Saturday racing is because a lot of the cup drivers race on Saturday. Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain. There's a lot of drivers who like to race on Saturdays. So it's a very fun experience because you get to watch these cup drivers for half the price. <laughs> so it's definitely a great deal, right? To watch these mainstream drivers race for basically half the price. I, I would go to watch that. That'd be kind of interesting. Oh, the hot dogs also have price. I believe so. Oh, Is be it excellent. dollar beers? Oh, dollar beer Thursday, dollar beer night. I will. I will be there. I'm. I can't drink, but I can beg. And then Sunday is the main event, the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series, where you have 38 of the best drivers in the world competing at Las Vegas Motor Speedway for 367 laps. That's a lot of laps, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you think? That's a lot of time I can be on my phone. That's a lot of time that you could basically take a nap for two hours, wake up, and you haven't missed a single thing. They're making a left turn. Oh, wait, another left turn. I've told people that NASCAR with their aero package now has basically become you watch the first 10 laps, you go out, you go do something else, and then you come back for the last 15 laps. But it's a very fun experience nonetheless. And Kyle Busch, the local Las Vegas uh, local here, he will be running the Cup Series the Xfinity Series, and the Truck Series this weekend. He'll be running all three. Can he do for the second time in his career, can he win all three races? He did this in 2010 at Bristol Motor Speedway in Tennessee. So I think it'd be interesting to see, can he do that? As long as he doesn't run out of gas. As long as he doesn't run out of gas like my mother did today. Now, thank you for tuning in to Vegas Sports Hub. I'm your host, Ian or Kelly. Thanks to Ethan thank and you. Steve for being here. Thank you. And go follow us on social media at on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Vegas Sports Hub. 
and go look at our website www.vegasportshub.com and stay tuned for Vegas Sports Hub next week. KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The House has approved a resolution to block President Trump's national emergency declaration. He declared a national emergency at the border so he could pull funds, mostly from the military, to build a border wall after Congress turned him down for the money. Democrat Barbara Lee says the president is out of bounds. This emergency declaration is a blatant attempt to subvert the Constitution and get around Congress's sole power of the purse. Republican Michael Burgess urged lawmakers to vote against this challenge to the president. Allow the president to do the job he was elected to do and secure the southern border. The resolution next goes to the Senate, where questions are growing over whether the president's action is constitutional. The vote 